Welcome to the second season of Alternative Parenting Podcast, where we learn how to guide our kids to find their own path while supporting them in cultivating traits that will empower them to live a life of fulfillment, meaning, and satisfaction. I'm your host, Efrat Amira. Welcome back. Today you will hear a conversation I had with Pamira Besman. Pamira is a holistic homeschooling mother of two. After years of building her career in corporate pharmaceuticals, in Pamira's words, she got tapped on the shoulder by the divine light, giving up her mainstream toxic ways for an organic and clean lifestyle. She turned to attached parenting, natural healing, and spiritual living. Since then, she has become an award-winning photographer and a well-recognized health advocate. Pamira got into the health freedom movement to protect and preserve informed consent and medical autonomy against bad legislation, propaganda, and corruption. She works with like-minded organizations and leaders to educate, collaborate, and advocate across different platforms to unite people from different backgrounds on the universal issues of faith, freedom, and choice in a non-partisan fashion. In an effort to build the hopeful, bright future our children deserve, Pamira had dedicated herself to homeschooling and empowering parents to take their children back from the state. She, along with her husband, Sean, founded Truth and Light Ministries and its homeschooling program that offers a non-denominational, faith-based education to children of like-minded families, where the main goals are to raise critical thinking, free individuals with entrepreneurial skills in a spiritually connected and morally sound loving community that protects the divine gifts given by our God and cherishes every child as sacred. Currently, Pamira is the head minister and teacher of Truth and Light Ministries homeschool program and the primary bread baker for her beloved family in New Jersey. In this podcast, we talked about tuning into our internal intuition and guidance when parenting and educating our kids. How once you start questioning the system, you find out that there is an abundant world out there and that you don't have to abide to a certain identity or an idea of what success looks like. We dived into integrating homeschooling in a community setting, such as a pod, and how there can be much freedom inside a structured day. We discussed the way that educating in a community can support both parents and children and how the whole community can thrive. What I loved about this conversation the most was the notion that we are free agents and that we can take education back into our home where it has been for 99.9% of our human existence and that we can trust ourselves and our children to give them whatever they need to become successful people in our society. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And now on to the episode. Hi, welcome, Pamira. I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. Uh, today we have Pamira Besman with us. 
and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and about her different way of educating our kids. So, uh, Pabira, start with telling us a little bit about yourself and about your parenting journey. Oh, thank you so much for having me, first of all. Such, such joy, such pleasure. Thank you. Um, oh, my parenting journey. Um, uh, I, I must say my parenting made me who I am. The, the, the becoming the mother brought out the person that I was meant to become. So the journey took itself um, and I just was a humble follower. And this um, first, um, the first encounter that opened my, my eyes to this, the, that the need to let go and just submit myself to motherhood. It was just when I had my first daughter, just a, maybe a few days old, and I was um, lying on bed with my baby lying on my chest. And uh, it was this very profound moment where I felt and saw this divine light wash over us. This light came and filled the room. And, and as I was just embracing my baby and feeling her love and feeling what I wouldn't do for her, I felt my whole heart crack open. I felt my body crack open. I felt myself open up from top to bottom in half and this light poured in through my child and and I am certain that this light was was God's light so my baby brought God into me into my heart and it was I could physically visibly see this it wasn't just in my imagination that it was just I my heart was full of love but it wasn't just the feeling that I was full of love so that was my first sign to to allow God to take the reins on my motherhood and I decided on that day I'm just going to allow motherhood to guide me. I'm going to allow this baby to teach me how I need to mother. So I must say, I didn't read a ton of books. It was um, it was just um, very trusting and making myself vulnerable, knowing that I didn't know anything, just trusting my instincts. And, and the more I trusted, the more motherhood came out. And, and I saw a part of me that... I didn't know I had and it made me realize also that a lot of the things that I thought that I knew were wrong and and it gave me the courage to question a lot of things but the one thing I never questioned was that divine guidance and that getting in touch with that intuition so so that has been my, my motherhood for the past almost 30 Teen years um of course second children are a little different than the first children you know the energies are different but the guidance is the same you know allow allow your intuition to to take the reins allow god to take the reins and and every child needs to be mothered slightly differently sometimes and allow allow that to happen so that in a nutshell is i think my parenting journey but I keep growing I keep learning and as we come to different crossroads I'm having to re-challenge myself uh to teach myself better and and until 
we know better. We don't know what we don't know, right? So, so it only happens through the struggle and the pain and having those conflicts when they come about. But the approach is always the same. Leave it to God. Let the children guide us. Let our intuition guide us. There's millions of years of knowledge in there in our DNA. And, you know, when we let that take control, it just comes. I love that. That's so powerful. Because um, I feel like for me also, when I became a mother, I became the person who I am or who I am supposed to be. Um, mm. But it wasn't like that for me at all. For me, it was very different. It was for when I had my first child 10 years ago, um, I was very disconnected. I mean, I did love him a lot and I enjoyed spending time with him. But I had a lot of restrictions. There was there were a lot of voices in my head that told me, don't hold him too much. I had a voices in my head that told me, don't sleep next to him because you're going to spoil him and he's not going to learn to, to sleep by himself. Um, a lot of voices in my head that told me you're missing a lot of things outside because you're in, in, the, in the house with your baby. And I just had a lot of fear and anxiety. So it was very hard for me to connect like that with him. Mm. Um, and, you know, when I think about it right now and I think back, it makes me really, really sad. You know, because I feel like we missed that initial bonding that I did have with my two two other ones, my two other babies. Um, but it came from to me later, and I really, really, really love what you said about parenting from a place of intuit intuitiveness uh, and being vulnerable and trust trusting your inner voices. And I think that's that's the only right way to parent because you're you you know inside what you need, you know inside what your baby needs. And you don't need to read a lot of books, actually. Right. Um, you need to listen to that inner guidance. So that's so, so powerful. So thank you for starting with this uh, because I think this is probably what every, 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 every mother, every parent has to, has to hear. Um, so yeah. tell us a little bit more. Um, tell us how... You started, I know that you're educating your, your children a little differently as well. So tell us a little bit about how that started. Yeah, um, homeschooling is, uh, well, if you asked me 20 years ago, if I would be a homeschooling mom giving birth in the bathtub, <laughs> I'm like, where are you coming up with this? Nonsense. I'm not that kind of woman. I'm a career woman. I will put on my pencil skirt and my stilettos and, you know, rule the corporate life. That's who I thought I was. That's uh, I thought like what success looked like. And um, only through, again, this intuitive parenting, I was able to just let go of a lot of my um my inhibitions and also a lot of our indoctrinations, right? I'm a product of the government-led indoctrination um, education system. And the, the things that we were taught equate to success are very strongly ingrained in us. And they, many times they define who we are. I mean, we choose our our, our jobs according to what makes you look successful, what success is 
is according to the current society and what you learned in school is basically what that is right you go to the best schools i i spent a good chunk of my life going to schools and gathering diplomas and then getting certifications and then in the corporate world it just carries on be a good citizen do do this do that get a promotion and then be acknowledged and and then there are the visual signs that follow right that that show success you dress for the job and then you know you drive a pretty car and then you live in a certain neighborhood and then your whole life and who you think you are becomes completely um defined by that very first indoctrination that was put into your head in school so so of course you know, like going to college was not even a question mark for me. Getting a master's degree was not even a question mark for me. It was already in the plans. It was going to happen. And then I was going to get a good job. So all of these things, um, you have to kind of question, step back from everything and be really willing to question who am I if those things don't define me anymore? If those beliefs don't define me anymore? How do I define success? How do I define who I am? Where do I fit in into this society? Do I even want to fit in into this society? What is the picture I want to fit into? And what is the future I want for my children? So just the past several years of seeing the level of corruption and the level of um, meddling from the government into our personal affairs was a true eye-opener for me. And we had started toying with homeschooling when my daughter was much younger, but then, you know, we we dipped our toes into the school system through Montessori. It was kind of like, a, okay, Montessori, it's still kind of like sweet and gentle in the middle. But then that led us into the public school, which was like, oh, it's just a small school. You know, it's just not that bad, whatever. But like, Little by little, the system pulls you in. It's like this magnet, right? You tell yourself all these things, the conveniences that actually fulfill that original prophecy that comes from the original indoctrination that deep down inside, I wasn't ready to be a homeschooling parent. So I allowed myself to, I come back into the school system. And then there were, the intuition in me, the mother in me, there was seeing a lot of things that wasn't sitting well in my stomach. And and I was like, okay, you know, we were building a little bit of resilience, this and that, but then like it wasn't adding up. It wasn't adding up. And during the whole COVID times, it became so clear in our face that, and then when we got involved more with the politics and started seeing what kind of what kind of policies are being pushed into schools deliberately to separate the children from the parents deliberately to bring the children um to make the children a, a ward of the state um to really break that family unit to to interfere with the child's uh, true pure development um it was a no brainer for me I, at that point i didn't know what i was capable of but i knew i'm not playing this game i'm not going to play this game anymore we're out I'm not going to put a mask on my child's face. I'm not going to have someone point a gun at my child's forehead every morning to allow her into a building. 
I'm not going to play this game. That doesn't make sense to me. If somebody wants to play it, <laughs> Godspeed, but not me. And and I couldn't see my child in that in that picture, in that movie. I played it in my head. What would it look like sitting in a classroom with plexiglass cages around them? I'm like, no, this is just absolute nonsense. It's like <laughs> this topic movie. Like, what what are we doing here? So um, at that point, we were like, okay, we're going to homeschool. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we're taking our children back. And, oh, my God, this is the God Almighty's blessing. It, it's just every difficult situation when you show the courage to jump in and and put yourself out there comes with the abundance and the gifts and on a silver plate we were given everything and all those people who sadly submitted to the nonsensical rules and regulations because they wanted to fit in and not be left out they suffered in so many ways. The children still suffered. They weren't accepted and they they didn't provide the joy and acceptance and community that they were hoping for. Mm -hmm. And while unfortunately, a lot of the, those poor babies were living in fear with masks on their faces, living in anxiety, couldn't breathe, weren't allowed to play with friends. We have never had more friends in our lives. We have never had more freedom in our lives. We got to know our children better, their gifts better, and we've eliminated a lot of the stress factors from the education side of our life because we're also using the same intuitive guidance mm. that we use in parenting for education. Because who can know my child better than I do? And if I can know my child better than anybody else when it comes to a stomachache, when it comes to sensitivities, when it comes to emotional uh, trauma or sensitivities or or um, um, their, their ideology, um, well, I'm the same parent. I know them just as much and just as well when it comes to education. Why outsource that to somebody who doesn't know my child or love my child as much as I do? So, so that's, that was the starting point. So COVID was the reason that we embraced it for real. Um, and then it just kept getting better and better and better. Now we're at a point that we would never go back. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to send my kids to school. It's just, no, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Um, I love what you say about the fear versus the courage um, because you're right you know many people stay in the system because of the fear because they feel like what it what is it going to look outside of the system right outside of the system it looks so terrifying it looks so big and so many opportunities and it seems like the the system gives you everything that you need right um but actually it doesn't give you what you need. It gives you what the system needs yeah. from you. Um, <laughs> and when you get out of the system, you finally realize, oh, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm a free agent. I can create my own community. Community. I can teach my kids whatever I want to teach them. And it's so liberating. Um, and it's amazing. But 
you know what? I think that COVID was a big gift for many people because it, it didn't give many people a, a choice, right? You had to, you kind of had, you had that mirror in front of your face and you had to take the leap for some people, some people, not, not quite, uh, but for some people who were like on the verge of homeschooling already, it gave them like the, the final push to go, to go there. And what I'm hearing from many, many people is that the same that you're saying, that was like the best decision that they made in their life. And they're never going to go back to public school ever again. Um, so tell us more about how wh what you're doing, how your community looks like, and how your day-to-day -day looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So we started little by little. We didn't start set out to have a ministry and a, and a regular pod. It was just the need for community. So we've been blessed with um, a, a home that we love sharing. And, uh, and we would find like-minded teachers and just have one-off classes and just invite our friends over. And then we would hold events and we would hold gatherings and we would hold um, like different types of homeschool activities. And little by little, our house start, started becoming a hub for for our gatherings. And, and we started craving something more. Um, one of the things I see in the homeschool community in general is that um, a lot of things are transient and non-committal. And uh, because of my husband and my backgrounds, we crave a bit a bit more structure without suffocating ourselves. Uh, so a, a certain amount of uh, loyalty and consistency and predictability is actually a good thing in our lives. and and we find that uh, the children benefit from that as well. And also, I think it's it um, significantly influences the amount of quality activities and quality teachers that you can you can have if you're willing to commit back to them. So if you just want to have a homeschool activity randomly one hour, once a month, and you show up if you want to, and you don't show up if you don't want to. It's very difficult for that teacher to take bread home with that kind of a setting. So the teachers are transient and the teachers are not able to commit because you pay $10 once a month. And if you decide not to go at the last minute, you don't pay. That teacher never knows if she's going to make $30 or $150. And then after that one class is over, she doesn't know if there's any continuity. And then to me, that's a problem, right? To me, that that doesn't take care of our own tribe. So I wanted to have something that would be lucrative both ways, that if I am bringing in these friends and, and all of our teachers in our pod, and I am a teacher as well, my husband's a teacher as well, and our parents also teach, but we also have other friends from the community that are also teaching. So the commitment is both ways. So we commit to our teachers and then our teachers commit to us and the children commit to it as well. It's not a random one hour here, one hour there. You don't know what you're going to get. So our what I think makes our, our pod a little bit different than the general homeschooling um, 
uh, let's say, arena, I would say. Um, I'm not comparing to other pods. Other pods are probably also doing a similar uh, consistent program. Uh, but this is compared to how it would look if we didn't have a pod and we were just homeschooling open-endedly, right? So, so we wanted to have that consistency. So, so we created structured days. But the beauty is the day itself is structured, but what we put into the structure is completely flexible. So we decide what classes we're going to put. We decide what curricula we're going to follow. And we decide what lesson plans we're going to follow. So it's actually very highly hands-on. And since starting this, I have pretty much dedicated my whole life to the success of our homeschooling community. This is, um, I didn't realize how much I was going to fall in love with this. Just, I love every single one of these children like my own. I mean, this is this is my family now. This is my community, my tribe. Yes, the friends sometimes change and rotate, but the community as a, as a whole, stays strong and stays together. We support each other. We love each other. We babysit our each other's children. Uh, we are there for each other. We put our funds together. We collect our money. We manage our, our resources. We pool our money and then we uh, manage our expenses together. And, um, and uh, we're doing all of this under our Truth and Light Ministries. And um, that helps us with that uh, framework as well that we're not just randomly floating in space we have that fundamental foundation of um, we are taking refuge under God's wings and we're all together uh, it's non-denominational uh, different faiths are welcome but we all have this common thread that we all believe in in God and um, and that is one of the foundations of how we approach our days, where we approach every day with gratitude, with love, um, unconditional love towards each other, with uh, grace and patience and tolerance. And um, we get to do it as a group. So everything I would love to see for my children, I'm trying to do it in a larger group for the community. Mm. So So that is our life right now. But we don't do it every single day. Uh, we only have three days of the week mm. and uh, because we're true homeschoolers and uh, and I think part of the beauty of homeschooling is having that free time to just do whatever you want and explore the other things that you're not exploring with your friends, with your mom or dad, with your grandparents or by yourself, whatever it might be. Yeah, I think that's a perfect balance. Um, and it's amazing that you've been you've been able to create that community. I remember that I heard about your community, um, I don't know, probably two years ago. And I heard it from a friend that goes to your community. And everything she said just sounded so wonderful. And I remember at the time, I wished I could join, actually. Uh, but we were living too far. And uh, we didn't have a community of our own. And we found our community this year, and it has been incredible. We go to a Wiccan Village Collaborative, which I know that you are familiar with. And I feel like it's just the perfect balance between homeschooling, 
and having a community and having some structure and not so much structure and just everything together and just having that sense that you have a wider community. Basically, it's not only you because we have homes, yes. we have homeschooled before that for five years and it was just me and the kids. And it's it was great in so many ways, but the community aspect was so missing for me. And I really, I really wish to have something like that. And so I'm grateful to have that this year. Um, yeah, I'm so glad you found that. Uh, it just really enriches your life in so many ways, yeah. not just for the children, but for the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I can see the difference even when, you know, when, when we're doing our own studies at the kitchen table, just my children and me. The energy is different than when I'm teaching a class with the pod with all of our friends. Yes. Because there can be a little bit of a fatigue from the same setting, the same setup 24-7 for every day of your life. And even though our children are our most beloved uh, possessions and, and our, our privilege and honor, um, we would do everything for them. But they get tired of us too if it's just us at the kitchen table now doing math, now doing science, now doing language arts, and now we're doing lunch. <laughs> and now we're going back to something else. And now we're doing dinner. The whole life cannot be at that kitchen table as, as sacred as that kitchen table is. It is beautiful to be able to break that up and bring in other friends and be able to switch that up. My children listen to me in a whole different way when I'm teaching class in pod versus when I'm teaching class, just the three of us. So, mm -hmm. so it really, it, it's really a blessing to have the community in so many ways. And I want to add this too. I think for parents, I mean, other than the seeing your child happy, obviously is, is wonderful, but having all these pre-made friends, because if you're joining a pod that um, is, it has a unique definition of who, who can be there, right? So everyone who joins us is, is vetted and literally hand-selected with tweezers um, because there are so many alternatives out there. And I believe that it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to come into a community without your guard up. Come into a community, send your child to learn alongside of other children without worrying about a teacher or another child compromising the values that your child is learning at home. Mm. Now, some people may take offense to this and say, oh, but then you have no diversity. That is not correct. Um, choosing fundamental values that we agree on and making sure people who don't respect those fundamentals don't come in is very different than not teaching our children tolerance and respect for others and their life choices. It's a very different thing. Uh, you don't have to be sitting side by side with someone who doesn't uh, respect your lifestyle in order to prove to them that you respect them. 
um I think you can still respect people out in the world, but still keep your children a safe, vetted community. And that also allows the parents to really be friends with all the other parents because we're here for the same reasons. Hmm. Um, reasons beyond just living in the same zip code and we have to tolerate each other and pretend we're friends. You can truly be friends. So I think the the blessing keeps giving from many different perspectives to yeah. the children and the parents and the teachers who 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 teach. Yeah, yeah, I think and in in order for it to thrive, the parents have to be connected as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not just all on you because it's in your house, right? They have you have to have the collaboration of all the other parents. And I was wondering, how do you decide what you're going to teach or which teachers are you going to bring in? Hmm. So in terms of the curriculum, we have some fundamental classes that we believe are very important that must be a part of our child children's education, like language arts, math, and science. Um, then we keep adding the things that we are called for. For example, one of the classes that I feel very passionate about is logic and critical thinking. And uh, and it's just beautiful seeing how these children, when I started with them, they were like some of them were five years old. And I taught them out right out the gate about uh, logical fallacies so they can pick up bad logic and bad thinking from propaganda and from adult conversations and how people try to gaslight each other. And 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 a lot of people are are encouraged to build their arguments on uh, on just emotions and feelings and sensitivities and propaganda. But when you truly learn logic and critical thinking at a young age, you internalize that proper way of rational thinking, then you don't get pulled into those things. It's it's a beautiful thing to see. So that is a class that, that we added. It's not in any other school uh, curriculum uh, that we have seen, but we felt it was important, and and I'm just so grateful to be teaching it. Um, we have other classes that we rotate and we vote them. So so the the parents come up with the different ideas and make recommendations, and we put them to vote because we make everything as a um, um, a democratic decision. So we rotate in certain other classes, like we've done seed to table gardening. Uh, the children built their own um, own uh, vegetable beds and grew their own own vegetables. And then by the time the summer came, we were actually doing cooking and baking classes with the things we were harvesting mm-hmm. from our own garden. It was really cute. Uh, we had survival and self-defense. Uh, a marine friend of mine from the community was teaching that class. The children loved it. They learned a lot of self-defense moves, uh, like things I would learn. And I had learned many years ago in Krav Maga. The children were learning right here, you know, in, in our backyard. Um, and then right now, for example, we're having a, a sewing and embroidery class. And then when that's over, we're going to rotate that with something else so part of it is we're trying to um come up with a with a mixture that gives them all the fundamentals of the academic success um fundamentals i would say the basics that they can build on top of 
But then we're also bringing in and rotating a lot of other classes that are fun to have or good to explore that if they like it, then they can pursue them further or it gives them exposure and just adds another dimension to to who they are and to their education and to overall like how they develop as a human being because education is probably secondary to what we're really trying to do here. We're raising children. And when we say education, education becomes its own monstrosity of an organization and a, and a whole thing, right? That's, it's seen as a, a separate thing. To me, it's just an extension of our parenting. We're just raising our children. And, and there are many things that they need to learn to become successful human beings. And it's not limited to math and science, obviously. So we try to bring in those other things and make it fun and allow them to learn in their own ways. Yeah, I, I really love um, the way that you said that education is an extension of parenting because I really I really agree. I feel like this whole it's an, a holistic approach of mm -hmm. raising children. So when we're raising children, we're taking care of their food, we're taking care of, you know, they need to, what, what they need to wear, we're giving them a home, uh, and we're also giving them education, right? But we are used to education being something that is separated from the home, but we're actually, what we're doing when we're homeschooling, we're bringing it back to the home where it always has been. Education always has been in the home. It was, yeah. it's something that we just invented in the last I don't know, 100 years, 200 years. Uh, yeah, when... 150 years or so. Yeah, yeah something, something uh, along. education was pushed in, um, I believe, Michigan, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong. Michigan Here in the States. Here yeah, in the States. Yeah. Michigan or Massachusetts. I'm, I'm, I may be getting it wrong. But, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a very, it's a very recent addition to our society or to us as humans that education is has been outsourced from the house so we're actually going back to the roots and how it should be and it, it was always that the parents knew what the, what the kids needs and and moreover more than that the kids know what they need to learn and what they need to to be educated on so i was wondering um in your pod, how much do the kids have a say in what they will learn and or what kind of lessons that you're going to bring in? Mm. We uh, we survey the children regularly, mm. and ultimately, we want every child to 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 be flourishing here. Right. The whole point is that um, they need to be doing things that are easy enough and comfortable enough to build the self-confidence, but they need to be also exposed to things that are new enough and difficult enough that allows them to stretch and grow into the next level. So fulfill their potential step-by-step. Step. And, and every child is a little bit different. So there is no one-size-fits education. Although we have um, a number of children, um, they're right now between ages seven and 13. Um, they don't all learn in the same way. And there are different ages and 
even within the ages that are different abilities and interests and passions and approaches and learning styles. So, so every child gets one-on-one attention and education. And, and this whole nonsensical idea that if you're a certain age, you have to be at a certain level is again, invented by the, um, the state regulated education system that treats human beings as as robots right so 705 everybody drops off the kids everybody goes to work so the parents can be in the hamster wheel in the work and then the children are in the hamster wheel at school it was just uh, the idea is to keep everybody at the lowest common denominator and shave off the edges and and the sparks. That is the goal of the regular education system. Now, people may may not like hearing this, but it is what it is. So if someone's feeling triggered hearing me say this, I apologize. My goal is not to trigger anyone. But if they're being triggered and they're getting upset, they just need to educate themselves on, on why this education system is the way it is. There is nothing broken with the education system right now. It is deliberately designed this way. It is doing exactly what it's designed to do. And it doesn't serve the individual and it doesn't serve the soul. It doesn't serve humanity at large. It serves the system. So our goal is, as parents, our goal as parents is First and foremost, to recognize the, the sacred divine gifts unique to each child given by God from birth and protect them at all costs. Those are the things that that child is born to accomplish in this world. Now, if a child is born with a phenomenal voice, let's say, that child is going to be a singer and that is the mission if that child is is born with an ability to connect with people see people's hearts and heal that is what that child is born to do in this life now forcing that child bring that child to tears to force that child to do math just as well as the other child that was born to do math because that other child was born to build amazing buildings and rockets, whatever. It's a disservice to that child. You're not honoring who that child is supposed to be and you're not honoring God. Our job is not to shave off everyone's corners so everybody can do the same level of math. Everybody can do the same level of language arts. Everybody can do the same level of everything. Then who is then we are no different than each other. But then it comes at a cost. Forcing children to be doing things that are not their calling comes at a cost of make, maybe making them unlike or dislike learning because children naturally like learning. They're so curious. They want to learn. They, they're, they're in everything. They want to experiment. They want to explore. They want to make a mess. They want to ask a thousand questions until we can't think straight, right? They are naturally curious if we don't shave that that off by over-disciplining them and saying, oh, stop asking questions. Oh, why do you have to be so curious? That's enough. I'm going to teach you what I'm going to teach you. 
But no, that child already knows what she needs to learn. She's going to ask you those questions. Can we honor that? Is That is every day in the back of our minds as we're homeschooling, either individually or as a group. But definitely one of the fundamentals of our pod is that uh, we're trying to educate each child where she or he needs to be educated. And we include the children in this. So we yeah. ask them, um, how do you like this? And how is it working for you? Uh, do you understand this? Um, obviously, if if you don't give them certain fundamentals, you can't build on top of them, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't know your times tables, you're going to eventually get stuck doing fractions or doing, you know, decimals. So... Um, it's good to build little by little and go at the pace of each child. Um, we challenge them enough that they can stretch. But um, yeah, they're definitely a part of their own learning and how we pick the classes and how they pace themselves. Amazing. I I, I love that you're giving the children the tone also because... I think, you know, and you probably understand this as well, um, that, yeah, in order for us to see those gifts that you're talking about, we need to be able to hear them, like, right? To see them and hear them and, and hear their input and about things. Um, I want to say one thing about parents that are maybe triggered, triggered right now from this conversation. First of all, I think that parents who are hearing these ideas for the first time are probably not the parents who are listening to this podcast, but if they are, um, then yeah, of course, I, I I feel like this is becoming more and more common sense and it's not that radical anymore to say these things out loud in, uh, right now. Um, but for the parents who are triggered and feel sadness when they hear that because maybe they can't, they don't have the option to homeschool mm-hmm. the kids. They maybe they don't have a pod that they know about in their area. And they're just in the system right now and 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 they don't have any choice. And there there are a lot of people like that. And they are listening to this podcast, then maybe they they just feel sad that they don't have that option. I just want to tell them that you are doing the best that you can. Mm-hmm. And there will come an opportunity if you if you leave your heart open for it if you leave your intention for that then it will come that the your your option will come the opportunity will come to you and yeah. just know that you're you can all you're always um always what you're given in your house has much more weight than the school so you can you can send your kids to school, but what you do at at the house it is what really matters. That's what I want to say. And you can always you know let your kids know that if they're having a hard time, it's okay, it's okay, and it's the system. It's not them. Yes. So I- just just give that counter in your home, and and your kids will will be fine. They will be okay as long as they have the good connection with you. The last thing I wanted to ask you before we finish the conversation um, is have you had 
any challenges like emotional challenges, behavioral challenges in the pod that you had to deal with? Mm, yeah, of course. We're all human and we're all going through trials and tribulations. And every day we have to come up and be our best, but sometimes we're not our best, right? And especially, I mean, with children, they're still immature, they're still learning, they're still growing. And as I said, the pod is not just a place where you come and do math and go home, you come as with your own person. You come with all of you, you bring everything and the emotional uh, growth and the connections we build is the primary part of the pod life. Actually, children have a song for it. It's called the pod life. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it is the pod life. And, and of course, humans are very emotional beings. And there are always multiples of perspectives to everything, right? There is sometimes drama. There is sometimes mistakes. There is sometimes um, things that are done without understanding the consequences. But um, we we take those opportunities as a, a learning moment uh, because they will happen. And if we don't allow that learning to happen at this age, then they will carry into adulthood not having been learned. So we, we encourage the children to speak out their conflicts, to seek out a confrontation in a kind and polite and respectful and loving way. If you disagree, speak up, but use your words kindly and gently so that you can be heard without hurting the other person. If the other person makes a mistake, have the grace to, to forgive your friend and help your friend get over that mistake so that he or she can become better and then he or she can help somebody else in a similar situation in the future. Every day, is full of these and um and i think it's a blessing there will never be a situation where you put more than one human being in a space and then it's a bubble and nobody ever disagrees nobody ever argues nobody ever makes a mistake it's just that's that's utopic it will never happen so i can comfortably say that we don't have bullying here like it happens in public schools um often we don't have some of those, um, you know, more challenging situations, but I think it's because of the approach, right? Um, and, and we've been very blessed um, that the children we have here are also getting a similar education at home in terms of their emotional development. They, they all have parents who, who view parenting the same way, who show them that kind of respect at home. They I sometimes joke that it's all chiefs and no Indians. It's like all so many alpha characters because they all know that they can speak up when they want to, and they they know that they will be listened to. Mm. And then we have to also manage that, right? If if you're so strong-willed and outspoken. Can we also work with others who are strong-willed and outspoken and, you know, where there are multiples of leader characters? And and then that's that's a breeding ground for more confrontation, right? But we welcome it because that brings out their um their abilities to um 
really figure out also part of what I'm teaching in the critical thinking class is critical thinking is not only picking up other people's logical fallacies and bad logic. Can you also be an ethical critical thinker and also make sure that you're always coming from a place of truth and honesty just because you can pick the right words and um, rationally convince someone? Should you? Is it ethically the right thing to do? So these confrontations and conflicts also allow us to gauge, is what I'm really wanting the best thing for all of us? Can I, can I change my expectations? Am I willing to be convinced otherwise if it serves me better and my friends better and our community better? These are conversations to be had, right? And, um, and every day is an opportunity. So, so yes, it happens and, um, and we embrace it. That sounds incredible. I feel like if they're learning something that is important from your pod, it's this, right? Like how to be human, how to yeah. actually be human and be in a community with other humans. And I think, you know, if there is no interaction, then there is no conflict, which sometimes happens in school, right? There is no real interaction because the kids are sitting next to each other, but they're not allowed to talk. Um, and when they have a break there, they have a very short break and it's sometimes it's structures as well. Um, and it's very, very, um, adult led. So, yeah, so I think it's incredible that the kids in your pod have those experiences to just be, just be who they are and learn from just life's life experiences. So that's, that's amazing. Um, we're going to end here. Uh, it was a lovely conversation. I was really inspired uh, by listening from your by listening to your story and the way that you you do things in your pod. And it sounds really the best way to educate kids. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? Learn from you. Yeah, I'm I'm always here to support and I want this message to be empowering to everyone wherever they are in their journey. Uh there's no right or wrong answer as you said before. They're doing their best and um they can reach out anytime. They can find me on Facebook Pamira Bezmen B E Z M E N and they can send me a message. Uh they can reach out anytime even if our pod is not the right solution for them. There may be something out there that is the right solution for them. So it's making sure that everybody finds that solution that is best for her family or his family and where uh, the children can thrive. And it can be a pod. It can be one-on-one. -on -one, it can be a combination. Uh, yeah, there are so many options out there. But I also want to let people know that homeschooling doesn't have to be a lonely journey. You don't have to be an educated teacher to become a homeschooler. You can um, you can source from the community and uh, you can you can really get support and you can use co-ops, you can use pods, you can build your own. There are so many options. So I want to leave everyone with that thought. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Pamira. What a beautiful way to educate kids. Here are the main takeaways from the conversation. Number one, mothering that is aligned with our intuition is the way that humans were parented for tens of thousands of years. 
There is no real need for books and outer guidance. Just surrender and listen to your heart. Number two, when you start parenting intuitively, you may find yourself starting to question many societal norms and ask many questions about who you are, where you fit in, whether you want to fit in, what you want for your children's future and more. Number three, if you feel in your heart that another way of education is the right choice for your family and you make the first courageous step towards that, even if you feel like you're not ready, you most likely will find abundance and things will work out. The universe will support you when you follow your heart. Number four, homeschooling doesn't have to be a lonely journey. You can create a thriving community and the commitment to more families not only supports the children, but also the parents and the community at large. Number five, when you find your people and create a like-minded community that you can trust, you can start forming strong relationships while also knowing that your children are safe. Choosing a like-minded community does not mean not respecting other people's decisions and lifestyle, but it does mean that you can feel that you can let your guard down while you know your kids are exposed to values that you are aligned with. Number six, in our society, education has been outsourced from the home, but for all our human history, education has always been a part of parenting. Education isn't limited to academic learning. It's holistic. Raising kids is about guiding them in becoming a whole person that can find their own path for success. Number seven, our education system puts children in boxes and tries to keep everyone connected in the lowest common denominator. But every child is unique has their own strengths and gifts that they are born with, has their own pace and their own way of learning. Number eight, if we allow our kids to follow their intuition, we will guide them to live a life that they were meant to live and fulfill their gifts and aspirations. Number nine, emotions and behavioral challenges will always come up in a group setting. We can take these challenges as learning opportunities, teach our kids to seek conflict while being kind to each other and having grace for their friends, rather than avoiding conflict and be wary of it. Number 10, when children are allowed to speak up, express themselves and show their power, then most likely there won't be bullying. Bullying comes from suppressing feelings, from feeling not heard or seen, and from developing an armor that shields vulnerability. I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and was inspired to make small shifts in your parenting that will support your kids to bring forth their full potential while living a life of ease and well-being. To support the show, please make sure to subscribe and rate the show. Leaving a comment can be very helpful in promoting the show on the podcast platform. If you think that this can benefit other parents, please share this podcast with them. I invite you also to follow my Instagram account, Alternative Parenting Coach, and join my private Facebook group, Alternative Parenting, where I would love to hear your thoughts about the episode, what you learned, what inspired you, or what you didn't agree with. Your feedback is extremely valuable to me, as we are all in this process together, living, learning, and evolving. Thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon.